hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks, Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to DWH Drink Up. That's the first time I've said that out loud since we established that's what it'll be, so... It looks good on you, Adam. Oh, good. Thanks. I've been working and, out. And that's what yeah. it will be going forward. Cool. Because 205 Live is no longer a thing. Therefore, us at the, the Drunker Dome, or at least Eddie at the Drunker Dome, we here take the craft seriously with the times. I'm Adam. I'm your designated host. And, of course, they are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott. When if you can... Lose if you must, but always drink. Thank you all very much for joining us. As a reminder, head over to whatamaneuver.net. Don't worry, Pornhub will still be there. What? <laughs> head, o- head over to whatamaneuver.net. Get get your Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts, tank tops, onesies. Uh, just buy a fucking shirt. And what better way to clean up your jizz bomb than with oh. a Drunk Wrestling History t-shirt or tank top or hoodie? What marketing we have. Speaking but, from experience, not with those particular shirts, but with shirts in general, it does work. Do they make Drunk Wrestling History socks? <laughs> oh, or, or bibs? <laughs> Damn, you got some aim on some shoot on that one. That's good. good distance. Suddenly, oh, this took a filthy turn. Um, before we get into it, I, would also, I also want to mention that my, my beautiful bride, Carissa, is here with us. Oh, hi. I was just going to listen in, but I am here. Hi, Carissa. And I'm drunk, hi, so I probably won't stay silent. Your new hair looks wonderful. Thank you. So she, do your stickers. I told her what episode we were doing tonight, and she thought it sounded interesting, so she said she wanted to listen in. So I, I want to learn. Yeah, she wants to learn. She wants a drunk wrestling history lesson. <laughs> as will I, because that's just the nature of it, but as well as all of you. Uh, Eddie, you have some notes before we jump into this. I don't. I, I uh, did the notes on the last... Um... No. Um, no. You have a story. A story? Yes, you do. You have a story. This is what you told Adam and me that involves Mabel. Oh, well, fuck. I was going to get to that later. Oh. <laughs> I see. Get into the show. I'm going to cut this part out. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell you if you leave it in. I totally didn't know. Okay. All right. All right. And for this week's episode, we are discussing what we believe is the biggest moment in WWE history. Yeah, uh, yeah, we are. Yeah. Eddie, would you like to elaborate on this? It was your idea. It was an excellent idea, too. Yeah, so we just have our big list of episodes, and like the 205, not 205 jobs, uh, drink, drink ups. Up. The drink ups are always the hardest ones because, okay, well, we just always recorded. Always since it's subsection. So, okay, so last <laughs> week you guys heard the WrestleMania 31 episode. That was two fucking hours. 
we thought it'd be about an hour and 15. So we tend to fucking, we're motor mouths, right? We talk too much. We don't shut the fuck up. Our episodes go way too long. So it's really hard to pick one that's going to come under 30 minutes. Um, and I have a list of a handful and we've been fairly successful. Blow away and Emelina were under 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, I think this one might be, but the idea was the biggest moment in WWE history. Like what was one thing that you would pick that would be the biggest thing that ever happened um, the most consequential, however you define it, really. That's what I told Adam because I said, well, I texted Scott. I texted Adam and I said, okay, we're doing the biggest moment in WWE history. And Adam responds, oh, so are you making a list of them? And I was like, no, you can, there can only be one. <laughs> Not all, moments. Yeah, right. They're all my favorite. So however you define it, whatever <laughs> your idea is of what's the biggest moment, that's what we're each picking one. And we're going to explain what it is and why. I like it. And that's, that's, that's it. And that's all. All right. So, so who wants goes to go first? Adam, why Adam. don't you go? Adam, I'll go you, first. You go first because I'm really, really, because you always have some off the wall fucking shit. And part of it is because you didn't start watching wrestling until way after we did. So I'm really interested to hear what yours is. Well, spoiler alert. Because it's going to be like Ivory winning the world, uh, the women's championship or some <laughs> Jesus. shit. <laughs> By the way, I popped huge when she came out uh, with the uh, right to censor uh, gimmick during the Rumble. <laughs> the Rumble. Right. That, that was great. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but that is not the biggest WWE moment. But still, it was a cool moment because like right to censor was when I started. Okay. I'll just straight up say it. I think the biggest WWE moment is when Hogan slams Andre. Oh, like the the slam specifically? Yeah. Or okay. the, the slam with atmosphere around it. Well, I mean the match. I'm um, like the match in general. Yeah. Or just this? Okay. Okay, so not it's, WrestleMania three, but specifically the Hogan specific, Andre match. At specifically, three. Hogan versus Andre, and Hogan is able to slam him. Is this because okay. he killed Andre with that slam <laughs> <laughs> and tore and, every muscle in his back? It why, made, what, it, it made why, Andre what a Hulkster he, in heaven, brother. What did he say on Twitter lately? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just trying to go like on a like on the early life of modern day WWF now WWE I think this is the big attention grabber yeah you're surrounding or Vince is uh, surrounding himself with great talent and he's able to put on a showcase uh, of Wrestlemania but I think to really cement WWF as the standard for wrestling even though there are still uh uh, competitor uh, platforms out there. I think this brought attention to the brand and this brought attention to wrestling in general. Also that uh, uh, what is it? Like cliche uh, underdog moment. That's uh, true. Cliche, that, yeah. that, that's a good point because Hogan did go into this match as the underdog. He'd been the champion for three years at this point. Yes. But Andre had been kayfabe undefeated for 15 years. Would He's, you say this was the height of Hulkamania? This was like where Hulkamania peaked? Yeah, pro- uh, I mean, yeah, probably. Probably. I think so too. Yeah. yeah I think this yeah. is where Hulkamania peaked. Well, you know what? 
Um, I have something I'm going to mention later that might be a contender for the peak of Hulkamania. So okay, let's let's revisit that thought later. Okay, Adam, I like the pick, dude. That it's it's such an iconic picture too. Like it's always shown when you see like a WWE or a WWF highlight reel. Mm-hmm. Like that shot of of Hogan with Andre. Is it's it's iconic, and when <laughs> the best part is when Hogan got erased from WWE history for a minute. Yeah, yeah. it was Andre just in the air, like <laughs> nobody was holding him. What are you talking yeah. about? It was John Cena. You can't <laughs> see him. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was Andre taking a backdrop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think like yeah, just that you always want oh you know, the cliche of going for an uh, for an underdog. Like just in wrestling itself, in WWF itself, but yeah, that that moment grabbing the attention, which is still referred to so many times today, that is that is part of our past, and it's part of what made us what we are in general. Uh, and it's going to be one of those yeah. things that it's on high. It's going to be on highlight reels till the end of time. You oh, know, yeah, it's going to outlive us. Or until or until Disney buys the company and you get like I don't know Donald Duck taking a leg drop from uh you know uh, Elsa or some shit Homer. <laughs> or, or Homer Simpson. <laughs> Jesus, I am Christ. so for that <laughs> WrestleMania taking place. <laughs> or Fuck. I think the the right words like uh, when. Uh, Becky Lynch being the man walking into uh, 35. She's the sentimental favorite. This, Yeah, this moment surrounds that. And with such a big moment like this being early off in the WrestleMania era, I think it really builds up the brand. Just like how uh, Broad- Broadway Joe guaranteeing the Jets will win uh, in the early... Uh, Who? One of the early Super Bowls. Joe Namath, dude. Broadway oh. Joe Namath. Why was, gonna... Broad- Why was he called Broadway Joe Namath? Because he wore a fur coat. Fur coat, and white he shoes York. for the New York He should York have been Jets. called Nature Boy, Joe Namath, if he wore a fur coat. <laughs> when he was from New York, you know, Broadway. Okay. Yeah, I mean, th- bringing like, that kind of value into a competition that is that is now so iconic. The first Super Bowl, won by the iconic Packers, cool, but the halftime show was high school bands. I think as... By having such a big moment like that early on, now every generation that's continuing on with this brand, you have something huge to build on. And to that point, Adam, yeah. the next year, I think really the main event of that show, WrestleMania Four, was again Hogan and Andre. That seemed to be what the mm-hmm. whole show was based around. That, that's what they sold it on. Yes, correct. That you're guaranteed to get that match again. Mm-hmm. Did Broadway Joe ever helicopter? He had that awkward <laughs> moment with Lisa G on that Sunday Night Football episode. So Lisa, Lisa G from like Howard One Hundred News. Uh, it's sports. Okay, sports. Yeah. All right, all right. Guaranteed, Joe Namath wore his fur coat without anything on underneath. He shouldn't <laughs> have done that to Lisa G. I just want to make that clear. But <laughs> it was not okay. Yeah, but it might have happened. Yeah. <laughs> What's the title of this episode? Uh. The biggest moment in WWE the history. Okay, it was like is it was most important. Or it, it's called. I, a, I needed the actual text. Biggest. It, it's biggest. Joe Namath's dick. Joe Namath's name biggest. <laughs> biggest dickus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want me to go next, dude? So you can uh, main event this shit. Sure. Because I am the All main right. event. So as Adam would say, I'm going back to the year of our Lord. 1982. Educated him well. Whoa. 1982. Okay. I'm. And Vince Jr. 
has okay. purchased the WWF or okay. the WWWF okay. from his father, Vince Sr. Okay. Extra W. Um, uh oh, we seem to have well, uh, lost connectivity uh, here. Scott just, uh, disappeared. He okay, went back, back to the year of our Lord, 1982. Oh, there oh, he that is. That was weird. Yeah. Okay, I disappeared. <laughs> Carissa just asked why the third uh, W, because it was originally called the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. What is that? Yes. Uh, so yes. Vince bought the Worldwide Federation. Yeah. And said the, in- he the internet took that extra W to make the World Wide Web. Yeah, he was like, that's one too many Ws. Too much, too many Ws. Nobody can even pronounce W. <laughs> Get rid but of it. In addition, so Vince had a vision for the WWWF. He yeah. turned to the WWF. He dropped one of the W's. And he had a vision. He wanted pay-per-view. He wanted to kill the territories. And he did all of those things. But my pick for 82 kind of goes in lockstep with March 31st, 1985. Right. WrestleMania 1. Without the success of WrestleMania 1... And the combination of Mr. T and the power of Hulkamania headlining that card, Vince's vision falls to shit. And everything that happened in 82 dies if WrestleMania on March 31st, 1985 is a failure. Well, what do you mean? Well, okay. Dude, he bet the whole company essentially on that first WrestleMania. Well, okay, but what do you mean if it was a failure like it... um... Like if it lost money or it was if a it joke? lost money, it wasn't a success, and they couldn't build off of the success of WrestleMania. Okay. Like if that thing doesn't sell tickets, if that thing doesn't sell buys at home, that's a failure, and Vince is losing his ass. Right. He yeah. mortgaged everything on the success of that first run. Like that was the birth of his vision was pay per view. Supposedly he mortgaged his house. I wouldn't. Yes, be- I've heard I w- that too. I wouldn't believe that if Vince said it, but I heard Roddy Piper say it one time. So I was yeah. like. Roddy Piper said he heard that at the time. So I was like, okay, that's not a Vince like going back and um, changing history story. Whether it was true or not, at least the story was there at the time. You know what I mean? And the wrestlers knew, heard that and believed it. Wait, is your your biggest moment the purchase or WrestleMania 1? What kind of goes in lockstep? Because the purchase is nothing without WrestleMania 1. That sounds like two biggest moments to me. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. So you could say the biggest moment is Vince buying it, but without WrestleMania one being a success. Did I just become plural? Mm. Yeah, Scots. Yeah, Scots. It's the line. She's seeing two of you. No, I heard that. I thought no one caught it, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I might be drunk. No, that's a good one. I I don't I don't object to yours. Um, I think that's good. I think. it's more that it would have been a failure. Like the purchase of the WWWF would mean nothing without WrestleMania one. And you could argue without Hulkamania, it's not a thing. You could also say without Mr. T WrestleMania one's not a thing, but if WrestleMania fails, that purchase in 82 means nothing. No, but, let me ask you something. Do you think this could be a, uh, what if episode? What if WrestleMania one failed? Cause I do have this on my list of episodes. Dude. Y- yes, absolutely. That I could think be an episode. Are, I, I think there are a lot of different, um, timelines that could come out of that. I think there are a lot of different ways that things could have gone from that. Well, because I don't think all the territories were dead yet, right? No, fuck no. None of them were... I mean, a couple were dead. Um, San Francisco was dead. Portland uh, was probably dying. Um, Vern was still in business, but, I mean, they were all struggling. Vern was still in business. Um, Dallas was still in business. Florida, I'm not sure. Obviously, Georgia... um, 
Well, he had bought Georgia and he had bought Georgia and then sold it to Crockett. So Georgia was gone. Right. Um, what else? Um, fuck. I said Vern. Well, he had, he, I think at this point he had already bought Toronto from the Tunnies and yes, he probably had bought Calgary. And I think a, a bunch of the other ones that just kind of died. Um, Montreal died. I think Vancouver died. Um, shit. St. Louis, I think was still going on and Detroit and Indiana were probably about dead or dying at that point. So, so they, his the other promoters, the other promoters could see Vince's vision, right? Like once he started to buy the big names and bring them into the fold in the WWF, the other oh, guys could see where Vince was going with this. Um, Mid-South was still very strong at this point. Uh, 85. Yes, that's yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. They didn't become the UWF until like 87, right. 86, and, 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 87. Uh, Memphis was strong too. So the other promoters saw what Vince was going for. Right. Had WrestleMania 1 not been a success, WWF probably would have, I don't know if they would have folded, but they wouldn't have become the brand in wrestling. Okay. Right. Because they quickly took off from there. Like that was it. Hulkamania was a household word. Action figures, lunchboxes, weekly TV, like WWF was a household name. Yeah. I'm wondering if the other promoters with seeing what Vince was going for, they start to copy that platform. And then obviously now we're getting into like a what if episode. Right. But that's kind of a good teaser for it is who's the smart one that copies Vince's vision and actually makes, makes it a success. Is it Turner? Hmm. Well, Turner came a few years later. Well, he did, but he always had his hand in wrestling. Right. He always had wrestling on his network. Yeah. Would he yeah. have just become that guy sooner and then become the only game in town and had really no competition? Because okay. Vern wasn't going to be competent. But again, this is all what if. Vern was fucking up at that point. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Yeah, the AWA was done by like 89, 90. Right. Okay, you know what, dude? Next recording, we already talked about which pay-per-view we're going to do, and I don't want to spoil it. Um, the WrestleMania weekend, one, the one that's coming out, WrestleMania weekend. I think the 205, what's it called? Uh, fuck drink off. Up. Fuck, drink, drink up. Not fucked um, up, drink up. Drink up. I think maybe that's, <laughs> I think maybe that's the episode we do. We do, what if WrestleMania 1 failed? Perfect. Because I think there are a lot of different ways that could go. But I think that the answer I gave is 82 was the biggest thing. Yeah. That was what really changed the landscape. But it hinged on WrestleMania 1. There was so much writing on that for Vince. And because it was a success, the purchase in 82 makes Vince a billionaire today and look like a fucking genius. Right. Okay, cool. Okay, uh, I will get into mine. Uh, mine is sort of like yours where I sort of fucking kind of cheated where it's like sort of... Because you didn't really pick a specific moment, right? No, it was a purchase. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was you were like, oh, 82 and 85. I and sort of have with strings attached. Yeah, I sort of have the yes. same thing where it's not one very specific a second, you know, a moment in time. So Adam asked but, the question if he should make a list. You made fun of him, and then both of you chose more than did one. Exactly well, that. Did exactly the opposite. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yes. that's true. Yeah, that. yeah, you guys, Adam asked if he should make a list for this episode, and I was like, no, dude, there can only be one WrestleMania moment, and she's right. Scott and I both picked, <laughs> picked more. Well, that's why Adam is the nice guy on the show, and Eddie and I are the heels. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I need uh, someone to accompany me for the next goddamn Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get Adam a hooker. I could okay. rim like a motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> And ladies, you're missing out. <laughs> okay, so mine took place in 1995. Do either of you want to guess what it could be? In 95? 95. Um, hmm. You're right. 
Mabel became the king of the ring. Whoa. I was going to guess something about maybe ECW, but... No, what? I think M Mabel becoming the king of the ring, I think, was the biggest thing in WWE history. Okay. You're, in 95. You're, oh, you're talking a in a literal... Can I yeah. guess as to why you said this? Go ahead. Because it kind of derailed everything Luger was doing, and then he showed up on the first episode of Nitro, and it made Nitro must watch? No, because I'm working you, you fucking mark. You're an asshole. <laughs> of course it's not that. However, I that, can't even with you. However, I already planned to um, fool you with that when I heard the Mabel story. So now I'll get into the Mabel story briefly before I get into my actual pick for uh, biggest moment of all time. I see. Okay. Have you ever heard that Teddy Long was a um, Viagra dealer in the locker room? <laughs> I, I've never heard that. Okay. I've heard stories that Teddy Long used to sell Viagra to the to the wrestlers we're gonna make your dick hard player right <laughs> boner player <laughs> apparently mabel used to buy viagra <laughs> i just heard this this week it's the funniest fucking thing i've ever heard mabel used to buy viagra from teddy long and he would sit in the locker room naked before shows with the boner <laughs> that is quite like sit and visualize that folks Right, Mabel just sitting that there is like a visual. Right, like you've been in the locker room with the lockers behind you and the big long bench, and Mabel sitting there facing. With, he's got the locker to his back. He's facing the room with the big fucking, you know. And Mabel would have had like a two foot fucking boner. Right, his Mabel fucking dickheads hanging off his chin. <laughs> this is the fucking funniest thing ever. Wait, hang on. What, what'd you say? I said, oh, I thought Mabel was a chick until you said he was. Right, a everyone would think Mabel was a chick. <laughs> so anyway, no, my actual pick is not Mabel. Mabel anything. <laughs> my my actual pick is not Mabel winning the King of the Ring ninety five. My actual pick is: Do either of you guys know who Dick Ebersol was? Yes. Uh, yeah, the NBC guy. Dick Ebersol was. He was originally from the sep from like the late seventies. He was the president of. I think his title was president president of late night weekends at NBC. He was the guy that uh, recruited Lauren Michaels to start Saturday Night Live. He hooked up with Vince McMahon, so my biggest moment is him hooking up with Vince McMahon because what happened was he started Saturday Night's main event. Ah, that explains mm. why his name was always in the credits. Yeah, exactly, and I think Saturday Night's main event was actually, to me, the first Saturday Night's main event was bigger than the first WrestleMania, and I'll tell you why. It was May of 85, which would put it two, two and a half months after WrestleMania. Yep. It was about a month after Hogan had been on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So this is okay. right when the company is pushing really hard to go mainstream. Like Vince, like to, to piggyback on what you said, Scott, about Vince trying to change the business. This is right there where Vince gets to where he's like, I'm taking this mainstream. I'm getting Liberace. I'm getting Mr. T. I'm getting Billy Martin for some fucking reason. <laughs> Make um, this a platform where people want to be. So right, exactly. So he hooks up with Eversol. Eversol says, "Hey, you guys have got a good thing going on." And from what I've heard, he saw the War to Settle the Score and the other MTV show. The um, what was that called? Do you remember? Oh shit! No, I just remember War to Settle the Score. Yeah, I can't think of the other one. But he'd seen those and was like, "This is a big deal. I want to put you guys on network TV." Signs a deal with him, puts him on network TV in Saturday Night Live's time slot. So back then in 85, you can't go into your um, digital cable or your YouTube TV and see if there's a live Saturday Night Live that night. You just put it on Saturday Night Live at 1130. It's not on. You're not seeing, um, I don't know who was there, like Piscopo at that point. Well, you would have to have TV Guide. Right. 
Um, so if you're not, but you don't look because your like Saturday Night Live's on. No, of you turn on WWE's on. What do you start with on that show? Hogan. The first yep. thing on there you see is Hogan. You just saw him on the cover of Sports Illustrated, all over the supermarkets and the newsstands and everything. It was right after WrestleMania, which, like you said, was huge, huge, you know, huge, huge like event. And the show would start off with a promo, right? So it's like Hogan screaming into the camera. Exactly right. That's an attention getter right there. Right. So you're like expecting to see like some cold open for Saturday Night Live. Instead, you see a cold open for Saturday Night's main event. So that to me was the biggest thing that ever happened. A big part of it too was what happened was this is when WWE's production quality like really took like a giant leap forward. Yeah. Um, If you go back and watch like a... Wrestling, eh, wrestling Challenge, I think, started the year after. Go back and watch a Superstars of Wrestling or an All-Star Wrestling or Primetime, any of those shows previous to this. The arena was dark. You had a hard camera, and then you had the second hard camera, but the floor cameras are in weird spots. And, like, spots where they would, like, you could watch the match and become, like, disoriented because of the way they're shooting it. Saturday Night's main event started. Ebersol brought that NBC production to the company and changed the entire way they produced that TV show. And the story I heard was they recorded it like on a Thursday or Friday. They edited it for Saturday night. When Vince, so they had like a day, day or two to edit it. When Vince saw the edited version of it, he said to Ebersol, I didn't know wrestling could look this good. Wow. And that changed his entire philosophy of how to, uh, never mind that it was the first time wrestling had been on, on uh, network TV in primetime since the 50s. It also changed the way that he visualized shooting wrestling and from that point on that's when they got the four trucks and they started instead of doing armories and shit like that for tv tapings they started doing arenas and i've mentioned this many times that i would watch wwe and i would see them with these big arenas and i'd watch wcw in the in the um, little studio and i'd be like well that's fucking small time shit wwe is right time yeah, yeah, perception is reality. What it's you're per- seeing is like, yeah, this arena is a way bigger deal. Exactly. And uh, Chris is waving her hand at me. Well, what do you have to say? I wasn't frantic, but um, wasn't that that chick though? I thought. Um, remember, we I listened to that podcast, and there was that woman that came in and like really revamped the the formatting of the show for television. That was at the USA Network. That was later. That oh, was like that was mid, later. Mid, mid, that was the mid to late '90s. So that was a bit later. Okay, well, you said 95, so that's why I was thinking. Oh, no. did I? If I said 95, I meant 85. No, you were saying 95, so you, you could build into 95. the Mabel story. Oh, yeah. Oh, you I never correct. Or maybe I did Mabel's either. dick was 95. Ah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that was when the chick was yeah. doing it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think their relationship with Ebersol really changed the way that Vince produced the show. And that was a big part of why he was actually able to put the other territories out of business. Because... If you watch um, World Class at that time, they're in the Sportatorium. Yes. Vince Small is in, venue. Right. Vince is in this big, whatever, the, the gun arena in Cleveland or wherever. And it looked bigger. And it, it was, yeah, the perception was it was a huge fucking thing. And um, the other thing he did was the first Royal Rumble. It was on USA. Now, this is before USA was owned by NBC. Eversol still worked at NBC, but I guess Vince recruited him for that show. I'm not sure how Eversol became involved with the Royal Rumble, but they got You're this time. You're talking the 88 one, right? 88, the first okay. Rumble. They got this time slot, and everybody knows the famous story about Patterson came up with the Royal Rumble idea. Vince thought it was stupid. Um, Eversol was the guy who said, we need some kind of big deal type thing. We need something to make this show unique. 
And Vince had bounced a few ideas off Ebersol. Ebersol didn't like any of them. And eventually Vince said, well, fuck Pat, just tell him your stupid idea. And yeah. Patterson told Ebersol his idea and Ebersol loved it. And Ebersol was the guy who came up with the, the idea to put the 10 second countdown on the screen. Oh, right. So he's he become iconic now. Yeah. So he didn't invent the rumble, but he was the guy who gave it the, the go ahead to be on TV. Gave it um, the production value or gave it an identity. Yeah. Which was on USA Network, I believe. It was on USA Network. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and just to go a little more into the Saturday Night's main event, um, that became one of the biggest shows in history. And it, it, um, they had the spinoff main event that was on Friday once in a while. And that was where Hogan wrestled Andre in that rematch from three to set up right. the match at four. That show got 33 million viewers. Which if Damn. you if you were to look at that, and I know like there were like ten TV channels, blah blah blah, no streaming or any of that, but wrestling doesn't get thirty three million viewers probably in a quarter now, right? You know what right. I mean? If you were to add up Raw, SmackDown, AEW, both shows, and even throw an Impact, it'd probably take them four months to get thirty three million viewers. They yeah, got that they did on it one, in one show. They did it in one night. And really, Fuck. to me, Saturday Night's main event is what really made WWE mainstream. And like I said, it's because they put it in that Saturday Night Live time slot. Because that was like on a, network TV. That was a huge deal. On, you're right. On, on network TV, and they kind of swerved you because you think you're gonna watch Saturday Night Live and you turn it on and it's fucking wrestling. Yeah, because Which, even WrestleMania, that was like closed circuit, like not everybody could get it. But look. You had here to buy a ticket. Channel, yeah, you had to buy a ticket. Here, it was turn on Channel 4, and there is live wrestling happening. Right, right. Right there. Right, yeah. And anybody could watch it. You just turn on Channel 4, it's in your home. Yeah, so that's my pick. I think the Vince establishing that relationship with Ebersol slash the first Saturday Night's Made event, May of 85, would be my um, number one. Uh, and you, you know what's well, crazy is NWA never copied that. It took them until 1988 to come up with the Clash of Champions. Right. They never thought to, to try to copy that model that the WWF had with that Saturday Night's Main Event slot. And the 88 Clash of Champions was when, is that when they did the first Rumble? Uh, no, they went head-to-head head with WrestleMania 4. Oh, they went head-to-head to head with 4 and they got their ass kicked. Yeah, and their big thing was, well, we're for free. Right, right, You right. can just turn on TBS and you can watch us for free. You have to pay for WrestleMania 4. Yeah, yeah. But it took, the, I mean, that debuted in what, 85, you said? The Saturday Night's Main Event? Yeah, I think May. May it, of took, it took the NWA three fucking years to do a live show like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it took them so long to catch up, but man, WWE was just so ahead well, when it uh, came to that kind of stuff. Well, main event wasn't live, but it well, you thought okay, but, but yeah. you thought it was live when you watched it. Like primetime wrestling. Primetime network. They TV. had a three year head start yeah. before the NWA even thought of doing it. Right. And even NWA was on TBS. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they crazy. were in, in an 88. That was way less TVs. Yeah. No. I'm surprised that nobody picked um, the buyout of WCW. I t eh, thought for sure when you were going to pick that. On my list. Okay. Yeah. It, it kind of ended with a thud. Well, I almost picked it, but I was like, well, it didn't actually... It, the big change was they didn't have competition until a year later when they had competition again. Well, and from, WCW from, was such garbage by the time they bought them. That's true. It was kind of <laughs> underwhelming. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you had Sting and the Nature Boy facing each other with T-shirts on. Like, that was how they went out. Yeah. Eh, yeah. yeah what, underwhelming you, to me. Yeah, what did you guys actually buy? 
yeah. All right. Well. Um, oh, is that the bell? That's the doorbell ring because the pizza's here, and here's the bell. Perfect. And look huh? at us coming in in 32 minutes on this episode. Nailed it. That's a win. We'll take that. Hell yeah. All right, Adam, let's take Somebody's home, excited the, about the pizza over there. That's, that's, <laughs> that's Sasha. Yeah. Uh, so, what did you think of this episode? Do you agree with these picks? Uh, do you agree with the fact that I followed the rules and they didn't? Let us know that. <laughs> After I ridiculed you for not understanding the rules. <laughs> Let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at wrestling underscore drunk. And, uh, yeah, just uh, share your thoughts of these particular moments or what you think would be big, uh, biggest uh, WWE moments as well. So, on behalf of Carissa and Eddie and Scott, Shannon, miss you. I'm Adam, reminding all of you to uh, please uh, stay safe, enjoy your buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, and we'll see you all next time for another great episode. One, two, three. Mabel? Dive. <laughs> Boner. Drink up. Um.